What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Fandom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako, and I am joined tonight by Anthony and Michael. And we are going to be discussing Cursed, Season 1, Episode 3. And let's see, how are we going to start this off? Anthony, I think you got a little more exposition in this episode. Just a little more. And I want to apologize to Michael because Arthur is an asshole. (laughs) Tried to tell you. He is. I I am off the Arthur bandwagon. (laughs) I am completely done with the character. I don't think he's... He's, He sold the sword and we find out he's fulfilling his own dying wish that he promised to keep and not helping them way out with hers. Well, I think... There's a little bit of a conflict here because as we see in the flashbacks, you know, when Arthur, Arthur's father died, he basically was acting noble, but he was a drunk and he was killed during a, during a duel. And unfortunately in that day and time, uh, if, if your father dies, the debts pass on to the oldest son, which Arthur is the only child, you know, the only son. And so he, inherited all of his father's debts and went to his uncle to try to pay those debts off and one of the ways that they paid the debt was the uncle sent his sister to the convent and i think part of arthur trying to participate in the tournament has to do not only with trying to bring honor back to his family but i think also maybe he's trying to I don't know, maybe maybe get his sister from where she is. I mean, she's been there for a while now. She went there as a child and she's she's fully grown now. Um, we don't know exactly what their ages are, but you know, I think maybe some of it has to do with guilt because he also promised his father that his sister would never leave his side and he wasn't able to keep that promise. So maybe maybe him taking the sword and, you know, trying to do the tournament, trying to bring some honor maybe that's just one step on his journey to try to fix the things that he feels responsible for i don't think he's yes he is an asshole he is but i don't think he's an asshole with i don't think he's doing it for selfish reasons not completely selfish reasons you okay because everything you you named were things related to him that he was trying to do so that by definition, makes it selfish. Well, it's it's related to him, but it has to do with other people too. I mean, how would I mean? How do you how would you feel if you know you feel like your job is to protect your sister, and then your sister is taken away from you? I mean, you have to feel some kind of responsibility. So yes, in that sense, it's selfish. But I think also he's probably trying to make up for that. You know, also, with but his sister. it was to the detriment of someone else. He 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 caused harm to someone else. You know, and and that's that's pretty terrible. Like it's very noble to want to do what you want what he wants to do. Right. But he 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 has obviously led a life of looking out for himself and doing for himself irrespective of the um, consequences to others. Right. And yeah. while I don't while I understand that in that day no um, honor and nobility is something that is treasured often more than monetary monetary things. Like, you know, your honor is basically who you are. Like like more so than today. I think you people people really 
like you, you kind of hung on being a knight was an honor that you hung your head on. And while I understand that he was trying to restore honor to his family, it's still, I mean, like I said, it's still kind of a douchebag move, even because I bet he was, he probably wanted to borrow the sword, but Nimue saw how he was looking at it and didn't trust his intentions. That is true. He was looking very, um, yeah. It's right, longingly. Yes. Right, longingly. That's, a, that's a good word for it. And it's like, and Nimue didn't trust his intentions and he proved himself. He proved that she was right about his intentions. I, and I understand, I understand wanting to like make amends, but I, I don't know. I just, I, I thought that was just, I thought that was really kind of a douchebag move to take a sword and put her in another room and have her wake up and have her wake up not knowing where she was. It's almost like you proofied her. That I, that I did have an issue with. It's like, how do you leave someone with a stranger? Okay. Speaking of which, let, let's talk about that real quick because yeah. you wake Nimue wakes up. She's in a barn. She wakes up to this strange girl watching over her we're going to get to sister iris in a minute because uh this way but when she's when she's done talking to sister iris and egraine sends her out the room the first thing she does is slaps them away uh, i was like hold up five fingers to the face yeah because egraine would have got her ass beat right that's it's just like, yeah it's, i mean it's like yeah nobody just looked at her like oh you hit me i'm what? like you don't get some roots out the ground to grab her or something like can you handle that i was like how are you gonna slap her and then be like you don't talk to anybody except for me how was she supposed to know that she just woke up in a strange place not knowing where she is not knowing where she is not knowing who this strange chick is accusing yeah, her of being a demon she's asking her questions but she's gonna sit there and look at her right i like, mean and asking her questions basically accusing her of being a demon sitting there having a staring contest with her because oh i see demon you know i stare at people until the demon chooses to reveal themselves i was like oh she's gonna be an issue i mean even from that first interaction i was like she's gonna she's gonna cause some problems yeah it's like come on uh, you you get to like her little creepy little, little creepy bang 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 ring face is like just looking at you and like I can see your demons like, if you don't get away from me she should have been the one who got smacked that, this get, is true this is true if you don't, you don't get your get your demon looking self away from me like now and oh and then, and then she turns she turns out to be a snitch oh we'll talk we'll get to that part later cause man see this is this is why I said when we were when we first started talking about this that I just couldn't like like she's the one like her and Father Cardin are like almost neck and neck for me as far as people that I was like, yeah, these people, I I can't stand neither one of them. Every time I see them, my blood starts to boil. I'm like, I'm thinking ready to do some bullshit. Stay on that bullshit. Watch yeah, shit. yeah. She's 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 that kind of evil. Like she's that kind of person that is supposed to be like holier than thou, and she's like one of she's coming across as like like she has evil intentions. She reminds me of. I can't think of what the sister's name is now, but uh, the sh the shame nun in Game of Thrones. You remember how oh, she yeah. how she wanted to like how she took pleasure in torturing uh, Marjorie and Cersei. This is what Sister Iris reminds me of, but she's younger, so that even scares me more because that means that she still has room to grow into her yeah. evilness. You know, yeah. so but yeah, she that 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 girl's a piece of work. She is a piece of work. 
But anyway, so let's go back to let's go back to Limaway because again, Arthur leaves her at the Abbey thinking that she's gonna be safe. And what happens? The Abbey is full of red paladins. They're all over the place. And I guess if I I guess if we knew something about the geography of the series, you know, we're we're learning things as we go along and we find out that the Abbey is kind of on the road from where Nimue is her village's name and I cannot remember what her village name is, but you know, it's on the No, Hawksbridge is the next village over. She's from she's from something like that but it's apparently on the way so it's kind of like obvious that the abbey might be a place that you know she would flee to of course she doesn't know this because she didn't know where she was until she starts overhearing conversations but it's just she's supposed like Nimoy just can't she just can't catch a break like she's supposed to be in a place that's safe and of course we see that there's already suspicion by the abbess on, you know, who or what Nimue is. And then the Red Paladins are loudly proclaiming that they're looking for her. And not only that, they have brought uh, Brother Troy, who is the paladin that tried to kill Nimue and the one who was entrenched and enclosed in the tree. They have brought him, yeah, they have brought him to the abbey to seek medical attention. And they're basically telling the sisters, you have to save him or there will be consequences. How the hell y'all expect people to save somebody who's got active roots growing through him? Like they took him down from this tree, from this tree or whatever you want to call it, that that Nimue, uh trapped him with, and the branches of the tree are still growing and moving through his body. It's like every time they try to tear him out, they it's almost like they grow back and they reinfect him. It's the that was like. Yeah, when when sister, put, sister pulled, pulled it out of his mouth and just kept pulling. Oh my god, that was so disgusting. It was it was like the it was like the worst magic trick ever. I'm like, right. <laughs> <laughs> they're endless. Like, oh god, that was so I was, gross. I was gonna say that that was base. That was poor writing because they like they wanted to show you how much a threat the red palace were by saying, "Oh, if he dies, we'll kill him." But if you look at his situation. It looks dire. Right. It doesn't look like he's gonna make it. Right. Like, what are they? What are they supposed to do against fey magic? Right. Uh, Especially what? without fey magic. Like they're right. just they're just and regular you humans. Them use any fey magic right. because they all be burned. So right. I, so it was sort of a baseless threat, and I just think that was some poor writing um, because it's it's apparent that he doesn't really look like he's gonna make it. Yeah, I mean, luckily he survived to begin with. Right. Well, I mean, Father Cardin doesn't live in in a in a realistic world anyway, because <laughs> because he's just like, I mean, the 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 way he sees things is like, you know, we're gonna do this, we're doing this for God, and God's gonna protect us. So God's gonna protect him. So you better you better help God protect him, or we're going to kill you, which is unrealistic. So it's like. Man, yeah, yeah, it was just, it was really like, okay, fine, whatever. They should, they should have just, just taken. They probably would have, would have given him Sister Iris as, as a tribute. Been like, here, kill her. <laughs> I don't even, I don't even think they realize what Sister Iris is at this point. Like, 
she just she right now she comes off as just this really weird kid you know who's maybe a little bit overzealous um She's, and she's maybe a, a little bit touched. Yeah, yeah, she 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 definitely is. But I don't I don't think they realize that or or they think that there's any danger with her yet. But I mean, it's obvious. She like I said, she's going to be a problem. But um so we we learn a little bit more um about the history of the sword from Father Cardin, uh, while he's at the Abbey, he's having a meeting with some of the, I don't know if these are like elders of the Red Paladins, but it's kind of like a high council. I mean, you know, it's a few people sitting around a table and they're basically talking about the sword of power. And he says that this is how the Fae have grown and prospered over the years because of, because of lies. Um, and apparently, you know, we, we already know that the sword was forged from Fae magic. And apparently there's something about this sword that whoever holds the sword or as, as we know, whoever wields the sword is the person who is considered the king and they are the rulers. And because it's been human men for however many centuries, um, as Father Cardin says, the church is always at, you know, at the whims of whoever this king is. And basically what they're trying to do, they're trying to find the sword so that they can either get rid of it or they can hold it so that the church is the one who basically is in charge of everything, which is a scary thought. I mean, they're already killing Fay villages. I mean, he, he, he makes mention, you know, the, the gray monk comes in and he brings these scrolls that give the names of all of the Fay elders and which villages they are in. And so they start making plans to go and first execute these Fey elders and then exterminate and, li you know, literally they're trying to exterminate the, the, the Fey race. And Nimue hears all of this and she kind of leaves the room. And there was something else that happened in that room that kind of made me feel, again, it kind of reiterated my thought that the Grey Monk is a Fey. And that's when he walked into the room, you could hear that kind of hushed whispering that we've been hearing Nimue here that we think might be the hidden or just might be something having to do with magic. So that noise kind of enters the room when he enters the room and you can kind of hear it. And then when Nimue walks out, he kind of senses her presence. And then of course he goes, he goes looking for her, her things and like literally is almost is almost like he's led to where her thing like where she hid her clothes and so he knows that she's there so i'm like he's got to be fake because he's having way too easy a time being able to track down where they are being able to lead the red paladins to like the different villages and it's just there's just too many there's so too many on, clues. Going on what to say to draw them out of hiding. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and even when he um, he picked up the clothes and he started sniffing them, he could hear mm -hmm. the whispering or whatever. Yep. Yeah, that was kind of yeah. interesting to me, but I mean, okay. Yeah. The, the only thing, I, the only thing though is, you know, when he says that the fake kind is here and I can't really figure out who it is yet, when they gather all the girls together, what, what is, well, you haven't talked about um, 
Lin Wayne, she stumbled across the green talking to her friend about, you know, um, she was worried about her finding her and she's hiding her. So I was wondering, was that chick, that girl, was she maybe Faye as well? No, it wasn't about her being, <clears throat> the, the hiding wasn't about the girl. The hiding was about the fact that they are together. They are obviously in love. Okay. And yeah. so that's what they were hiding. That's why when Nimue saw them and Igraine threatened her, she was like, I'm not going to tell anyone. And Igraine, Igraine was like, good. She said, not because I'm scared, you know, not because I'm scared, but because you haven't done anything wrong. And her face changed like, oh, she understands. So it wasn't about her hiding the other nun. And I can't remember her name, but um, it was because of the fact that they are together and one, they're nuns, so they're supposed to be abstaining from any kind of affection, love, sexual relationship, you know, romantic relationship, whatever. And then the fact that she is in love with another woman. Um, so that's what she was hiding. But what they were talking about, so when when Igraine and Nimue tend to brother Troy, um, one of the things that Nimue overheard Father, Father Paladin say was that the way that he determined that the sword she was carrying was the sword of power is because when Brother Troy was cut, there were some face symbols that be, that got embedded into his skin. So they know they knew it was a powerful sword. They knew it was that particular sword. She didn't know this about the sword because, again, Nimue never even knew what the sword was until her mother handed it to her, and she's still figuring out what it is. And at this point, it's missing because Arthur has already taken it. So she goes back to the um, she goes back to the medical room, and she looks at the symbols that's on Brother Troy's chest, and it's basically like a it's two symbols of like swirling lines. And the lines are actually moving. Is it, is it three? Oh, three, three. Yes, three. you're right. Three circles of swirling lines. And the, the swirls are actually moving in his skin. And <clears throat> Egraine sees this and she immediately takes off and she goes to find her girlfriend. And she she basically says, we Nimue overhears her saying, I've been praying to the, you know, I've been praying to God to show me a sign. This is it. And it's basically, I, I'm not sure what she's looking for as far as the sign, but she takes that as the symbol she's looking for. She's also, it seems like she's a little bit knowledgeable about the Fae, maybe not completely, or we don't know exactly how much, because at this point we know that it's, it's kind of um, a sin or against whatever rules there are to like be friends with the Fae, to use Fae magic to use fey healing properties because Nimue tries to do that for the brother and Igraine is immediately like panicked like you can't do that here they will kill us so there's something about Igraine's background that also points to some kind of knowledge with the fey some kind of you know I don't know what she's been doing with her time in the abbey since she's been there but there's obviously more going on and now she's gotten this sign that's going to, you know, I guess send her on whatever her quest is going to be in this story. But yeah, so that's, that's what that whole conversation was, you know, her just her figuring out, okay, this is a sign. This is when I need to make my move, what that move is going to be. We don't know yet. We do know that she finally, I guess, fit, figured out that she could trust Nimue because at the end she helps Nimue escape 
from the Abbey. She tells her how to find Arthur and where he's gone. And then she reveals her true um, name, which is Morgana, which we already figured out because once we knew she was Arthur's sister, there really wasn't anybody else she could be. So. Yeah. And uh, I, mean, I, I just feel because, and then like when the when the paladin woke up and started pointing at pointing at Nimue, like she had she had poison up her shit. Literally had something up her sleeve. Like she had the poison like Like, like she was like, prepared. She had her plan B. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like poured it and, and not and killed him and when the other ones came in they conveniently slipped out the back. But who doesn't close the door behind them? You know, like come on, like 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 the the, the night weeping night walked in was like, oh he died. Oh look, there's a door open. I bet they went in there. I'm like, really? Like the what? Like what? What is this? A horror story? That's weak writing. That's weak writing. Did they trip? Did they should? It's like they they might as well just trip when they were going out and been like, where are y'all going? Right. And and that then roll credits. That's it. I mean, I would that that just me. But yeah, the, that kind of shows kind of shows that that the sister is crafty and that she that she has a that that she's really good at planning for circumstances that might go awry right so and and she's sneaky which means she's definitely author's brother this little sneaky ass Oh, oh yeah, his, yeah. Because I was gonna say, you know, she probably has to plan for stuff like that. If you've got a brother like mm-hmm. Arthur who is a thief and who is a cell sword and who knows what else Arthur is at this point, you know, she probably has to be prepared. And then again, she was brought to the Abbey against her wishes because she was a child. So I don't think it was ever her intention to stay there. So maybe she just always had that plan up her sleeve, and it just happened to be an opportune time for her to use that you know especially yeah, I, especially once they started putting the pieces together about who, who Nimue really was you know that she was from the fade that she was that she is this wolf blood witch that they are you know very like tirelessly searching for so i guess once yeah. they once they started piecing that together and you know, again, if more if Egwene slash Morgana, if she does have some kind of tie to the Fae, then she's probably like, okay, I need to help her. Especially given the fact now that Nimue has kept her, you know, Nimue is not, you know, using her secret against her. She's not using it to try to get any leverage or she's not using it to blackmail her. She literally was like, okay, so you got a girlfriend, big deal. And well, kept it pushing, you know. I know, I know people are tar- tired of us talking about the other Thorian tales, but if Morgana is who Morgana is, then yeah, she's gonna have ties to the fate because eventually she uses magic herself, right? So, and but you know, it seems that their family has this roguish, rebellion nature in them anyway. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if she was, if she was always fighting against the nuns in the Abbey anyway. She fighting, you know, she fighting now. against the establishment. Oh, of course, yeah. because it's, it, her, their their father was like that. Their father was not, you know, he was a roguish individual, even though he was a knight. Her brother is roguish, 
So it follows that she's probably roguish too. Right. And and, and she, she had she had a built-in way to escape when she was ready to go because her taking her down to that place and having a map showing her exactly where to go by the river and, and all a boat showed that showed that she knew that there was gonna become a time when she was probably gonna be like, yeah, I'm out of here. Right. And she would have gotten away with it too because even the head nun, nun um, about like hid hid Nimue when they came looking for her because mm-hmm. they thought she was there. They're like, are there any new, any new nuns here? And she was like, no, I don't think so. I haven't seen anybody. Yeah. And then she would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for freaking Iris. Who okay. Was like, wait, where's the new nun? Yep, she was here. She saw her. She so like, here's oh, my yeah. question about that because sister, I mean, sister Iris literally called her by name. She said, where's the new girl, sister Alice? I'm like, when was she ever introduced to her as sister Alice? Did I miss that part? Or did I forget about that part? Like, no, how does she know, know that that was Sister Alice? Again, that was poor, poor um, writing again. Okay. Because I so was we, like, we how does she know? That, we just have to assume that they're talking to each other and we just don't see it. Okay. But here's the thing. Like, like, even the one that she took the, the water bottle from. But know, she never said her name. She, no, she didn't. But I'm sure that then was like, do y'all know who that was? You know, that oh well, that was probably that new girl Alice. But aside from, but, but aside from the one there. who she took the picture from, she she didn't interact with anybody else. No, she didn't. No, so no. yeah, so like you said, poor writing because That's I was right. like, how does she know? Unless Sister Iris really has something <clears throat> like whispering in her ear saying. Oh, you know, that's the girl. That, but, I mean, that could also be it. But then that would mean the Sister Iris is magical too, which would be a problem or is supposed to be a problem. You know, you can't just... And that's one of the things I hate about stories when it comes to magic and magical persecution because it's like, because there are beings that are different that do magic or are gifted with magic those are the ones that are persecuted. Those are the ones that are hunted. Those are the ones that are killed. But on the other side, like, let, let's talk about religion. You literally follow a person who is known for doing miracles. How is that not the same? You you get what I'm saying? That's that's the one mm-hmm. thing I hate about it. And, and you're using your devotion, your commitment to this particular presence to justify killing other people because of what they can or can't do you know yeah but you know they they separate oh of course they separate they separate the son of god Mm -hmm. from magic Mm -hmm. i know that's 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 like a whole other discussion that we are not going to get into (laughs) but but i'm just saying you know it's just kind of like yeah i understand it's it's crazy that that you would think that you would think that they would be more accepting. Like, for example, he's sitting there laying in bed dying, right? Right. Brother Odo. And mm-hmm. yeah, he's being destroyed or ripped apart or by something that's obviously magic. Mm-hmm. Well, pretty much the only thing that's gonna heal him is it's magic. You know, probably some magic. Mm-hmm. And for them to be like, oh, no, you can't use this fame remedy stuff. Well, it's just to stop the bloody, bleeding and the swelling. Like, what, what is the harm in that? And so, like, you're not going to let them do something that's going to help them right. simply because it's a fey remedy? 
Right, yeah, because... So they're, they're stupid. Because here's the thing. So... Back then, they didn't have modern technology. They didn't have, you know, penicillin or antibiotics or vaccines and that sort of thing. So literally, even the non-magical cures, medicines, whatever, are coming from nature. So what's the difference? Except for the fact that you know that one remedy was created by the fat and one wasn't. I mean, if I go and pick some plants and, and crush it up and can make something that'll take a stomach ache away okay that's fine but if someone who has a fey background uses different ingredients makes a similar potion and it has the same effect oh no that's wrong because it's from it's from fey what that's the that's the thing i and and i do i just i realize that that's part of the separation of the worlds but looking at it from a realistic perspective it's kind of like why are humans such idiots in these stories? You know, yeah, again, because, whole other conversation. Because we, I mean, yeah. Well, because you know, um, Nim- Nimue could have just said, "Oh, you're gonna bleed them." <laughs> By all means, go ahead. You know, mm-hmm. she's already lost a lot of blood. Cut them up, let them bleed to death. Right. Because that's what would happen. Right. But, and I and I just never understood that. Anyway, you bleed a person to heal them. What? Well, you know, because it makes them lightheaded, it makes them feel better. But you it, got it, that bad blood. Yeah, that, that's, that's all it does. I know, and, and it's so funny because the first time I can remember, like, really paying attention to that sort of treatment was watching the tutors. And I was like, why are y'all, ble-? like, he's losing blood. How is that helping? Like, I never understood that sort of, quote-unquote, medical cure, medical fix whatever but you know i digress we are talking fantasy here so you know doesn't have to be realistic but it would be nice a little bit but you know if it was realistic then we would have like magic magic in our world too well well i i do know that there are some forms of magic that exist but i don't think anybody can wave a wand and do like magic that's what i mean by magic magic i do believe that there are some forms of magic that exist and that are practiced and i'm totally okay with that that's you know but i don't see anybody waving a wand saying alohomora and doors are unlocking you know if if they could i would do a scourgeify you know spell real quick and just clean my house because i I haven't done that since quarantine, but you know, that, that kind of magic doesn't exist and that's sad, but you know, again, fantasy versus I'm glad reality. It doesn't because that, that, would just, that would just be all kinds of trouble. I'm not trying to see none of that kind of trouble. But, I mean, you see, you, see, you see how bad it is when people have guns. What if, what if someone had a magic, what if you could get magic wands like that? That, that be, is true. That would be, that would be terrible. Again, oh, whole other conversation like, <laughs> Who? Okay, yeah. Let's 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 not do that. Let's let's move on. <laughs> so I guess um we can either stay in the abbey and talk about a little bit more about what goes on there, or we can go to Arthur, because Arthur. Yeah, the abbey. Hmm? Okay, so Arthur, we find out, goes back to his home, his hometown, which is Grimaire. That's the name of the city. And um, he meets with his aunt and tells her that he wants to enter the, the, the tournament and wants her husband, Sir Ector, to sponsor him. So immediately we know that 
not all of Arthur's family is, you know, dishonored or living the way that Arthur and his sister, you know, they're, they're not exiled. They're not on the streets. You know, his aunt is very well off. She's like a lady of the town and her husband, you know, I mean, they live in a freaking castle. But, you know, so he goes to Sir Ector, who is his uncle or, you know, what is it? Ector says we're we're. We're most likely just cousins by marriage, not really related. Distant, distant cousins. Distant cousins. Related by marriage. But, you know, he, he goes to Sir Ector and he has the sword and, you know, he, he displays the sword and he displays his, his dexterity with the sword. Now, when he was practicing those swings in that corridor, I was like, okay, Arthur, you looking kind of good there, bro. You know, and it, it just seems like the longer he has the sword, the more skilled we see that he becomes, I don't know if it, if that's just an effect of the sword or just more of his personality that they're showing him, but he's pretty damn good with a sword. You know? Yeah, I think that, that has a lot. I think that's the, the magic in the sword coming through. I think it's something like, how long was that? It's, it's something, it's almost, it's almost like, it's, again, it's like the ring and Lord of the Rings. The more, the more you wear it, the more you become attached to it and the more it becomes part, you become part of it, it becomes part of you. Mm-hmm. And you can, like, I think the longer that he messes with the sword, the more it becomes an extension of him, the more that it becomes, like, more linked with him where he, where it, it even starts swing, when the swing swings it, it almost starts going where it's going to go before he swings it because it's so connected with, with his mind. Yeah. I think that's probably good, probably what's what's gonna end up happening. Mm. Okay. Okay. But yeah, so the uncle sees him and agrees to sponsor him. You know, they there is a little bit of backstory about Hector and uh oh, the aunt's name is Marion. So, you know, we we get a little backstory on their son who went off to war, was killed, and, you know, they've both never been quite the same since and so Arthur is wearing some of their son Charles's clothes and that kind of makes Hector I think a little bit sympathetic towards his plight and um they go to have like you know a a a pint in the pub and here comes Boars and the crew <laughs> to ruin everything like literally all authors lives are laid bare because he is told Hector that he won the sword honorably which part of his tale was true Part of it was not like, well, I think he knows that Nimue is not highborn, at least not in their eyes. You know, maybe right. she is amongst well, the Fae, but you know. Well, his aunt told him to if be anything true. be true, and he didn't because he could have easily have just yes. said, you know, this Fae girl was being attacked by people, and mm-hmm. I saved her, and she gave me the sword. Yeah, he and, and that wouldn't have been a lie. Right. Or he or he could have said something like if he didn't want of course he's not gonna mention that he stole it. I mean he could have even said, you know, the sword belonged to a fake girl and you know, she was captured. I took the sword. You know, or he could have said something instead of like the very, very bold lie that he did. But of course, lies catch up to you. His caught up to him. And now he's boars caught up to him. Boar, yeah. <laughs> and Boars is already pissed because Nimue has already, you know, chopped his hand off. 
with with the sword and she's already embarrassed him by winning at the game of dice because she was cheating so he's already got an axe to grind and the fact that Arthur helped her out of those situations yeah Boris is not too pleased with him so he's just telling all like he's spilling all the tea and Hector is pissed Arthur is now like he he's in the town square getting fruit thrown at him and the Red Paladins have heard about the sword being in the town. So now they have Arthur and they have the sword. That ain't what we need right now. It's already bad enough the Paladins are looking for Nimue. But now that they know what the sword is and they have it. They have it. Oh, can you well, imagine? I just, that's, that's where I decided to wipe my hands of Arthur at that point. Like, whenever I have to see you, you deserve because you just totally messed up everything. Mm. You know. But, but I understand that he has something that he wants to do, something that he wants to accomplish, things about him that he wants to change. But going back to his Sarah Connor speech where, you know, your fate is not decided by other people, it's decided by yourself, will do. This this is the situation that you put yourself in. Yeah, you could have done the honorable thing and helped Nimue do what she wanted to do, but no, you decided to go off and do your own thing. Consequences and repercussions. Yeah, it's true. Cause and effect. Yeah. See, Nimue Nimue should have cut his head off instead of his arm. That's what should have happened. But yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think Nimue wants to be a murderer. Yeah. But, you know, again, and I don't even think that was that was truly her that did that I, because she had the sword in her hand. And we all we already kind of have the feeling that the sword corrupts in a way. The sword so, wants to fight. It's yeah. the sword of power. It wants to do its thing. Mm -hmm. So and, and anytime there's going to be conflict, it's going to want to do its thing. Yep. So I think, you know, he. my thing is. If I got taken down by this little fae girl, as they all keep calling her, with this sword, I would I would have just walked away. I would have let it go. I mean, she cut your hand off, dude. She could have cut other things off. Just let it go. Let it go. Let it yeah. go. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, as, well, as maybe, we've said. Maybe the, maybe the sword, in, in the way that it corrupted Odo, maybe the sword has influenced Boris a little bit. Yeah. Because he didn't look too good. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, yeah, he, was, yeah, he was bad when he, when he came over there. Like he, he looked like he was suffering a lot. Like, he didn't he, look good. He, he got infected, but see, he deserved it. Just like Arthur deserved what he got too. Like, and then the Paladins had the sword, and they have like, Arthur. Yep. So I mean, he he's he's finding out that he that his actions have have dire consequences. Yeah. And maybe maybe this is something that will that will help him be a better be a better author later in the show. Mm. Maybe maybe he'll be like, okay, maybe I maybe I shouldn't have stolen the sword. Maybe he'll say that before Nimue Nimue grows a tree through his through his butthole. That would be a sight. But yeah, I mean he's he has no I mean even if he escapes, even if they let him go, whatever he has nowhere to go now. You can't really go back to the Abbey because Nimue is going to whoop your ass when she get, when, when you get there. That's just, yep. come on, let's be honest. 
You can't go back to your uncle because you've not only have you embarrassed him and lied to him, but he had to give up some of his belongings just to keep some kind of peace. You know, Boris basically was like, yeah, we're going to tell everyone what your nephew did, which will taint your reputation. So he's given them rings. He's had to, you know, offer them money. It's just kind of like, you do. Your name is mud with everybody now. So he just, I don't even know where he, where there is for him to go. If he gets himself out of this situation, which you know, he's going to, because one, he's author and two, he grew up, like you said, Mike, you compared him to Aladdin. I'm pretty sure this is not the first time he's been locked up. Probably won't be the last. Where, yeah. Right. So he probably knows how to get out of the situation. It's just a matter of what's going to happen when he does. Like, right. what do you do? Your sister's going to be pissed at you. The girl that you have an interest in is going to be pissed at you. Your family is not pissed at you. You you know, your your cohorts or whatever you want to call that that band of men, they're pissed at you. You literally have nowhere to turn. Nowhere. Yeah. I mean that I mean that comes with again, maybe maybe these consequences will teach him will probably get through his head that, you know, maybe I should stop living the way I'm living. I mean if there's nothing it's just like it's almost like the boy when the DK rock bottom it's like he's this is almost this is basically rock bottom for him because going back to Hector and getting him to sponsor him and become a knight was one of his when it was his Hail Mary. That's the thing that's the one thing that he really needed to happen mm-hmm. in order to get back to get back his status or get back something to where he was. So I'm thinking. I mean, maybe this, this is his rock bottom when he's in that he's in that carriage and he lost Nimue's sword and he blames himself and you know, I don't know. Mm. I mean, you know, it's just kind of. I think, uh, you know, she, he's just he really, he really needs needs a wake up call because he's. I mean, he's so driven to get his to correct his name and all this other stuff that he's neglecting that that he he really doesn't care how he gets it. He's very he's he has blinders on with this. Like he really he all he's focused on is redeeming himself and redeeming his name. That's all he's focused on. Man, if and this he, isn't he, a wake up call, I don't know what is at this right. point. Well it's it's that selfishness again. He's very selfish about how he goes about things. Yeah. And, and that's become obvious, and hopefully it's becoming obvious to him. And maybe Michael's right. Maybe he will fix his ways, but he's got he's got a long way to go for his redemption. Yeah, I mean, I hope he's do. I hope he fixes his ways because given that we know who this character is supposed to be and what he's supposed to become, I hope that I hope that in them telling this story as Nimue's story that they're not going to make him a side, a side character in that way, or just kind of like change the whole idea of who he's supposed to be. I still want him to become who he's supposed to be. It's just at this point right now, bruh, um, you need a 12 step plan. Cause what you're doing is not working. I don't mind how they're they're doing the story, and if they want to go with you know Nimue being the the main engine 
behind him becoming the author that we know, then that's that's fine. If they want to make him sort of a support character, side character, and then make her the driving force behind Merlin and the driving force behind him, I, I'm okay with that. I really am because it's a different way to tell the story. Yeah, you know, and and it really is supposed to be about her and her journey. Mm-hmm. And if they want to relegate him to to just the consequence of her actions, that's fine. They, I just want the writing to get better. Like, they went up, and then with this episode, they went back down. Right. Yeah, I mean, again, it's the second episode, so they have to. Yeah. No, this yeah. is so, this third episode. Oh, is this third episode? Yes. It is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, oops. Okay. Okay, as we are saying. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I, we only got, I mean, always, I mean, usually, I think, I think it'll get better. I just think once they, once they really get into more of, now, now that they have the scene set, they can easier, they can, they can get everything together easier. Like, they have Author's Torment, they have Nimue on the Run, They've introduced Morgana. They have Merlin on his quest to to get the Bayfire. So I mean, they're all they're, everything is pointing to everybody getting what they need and and coming together somehow. So it, it'll still be. I think it'll still be interesting to see how that comes out. Yeah, we haven't talked about Merlin this episode, but there there really wasn't much to do with Merlin. I mean, he had another talk with the widow. She basically predicts his suffering, which I I mean, I think that's going to be a given at this point. He's going to have to suffer to get I I don't know, to get his to get his magic back or whatever his journey is. I I think it's just kind of I think it's kind of predictable that Merlin's going to suffer. He's going to suffer because he's trying to he's trying to destroy this sword. And if we've learned anything about magical objects that can influence people, it's that they don't like having their fate decided for them, you know? So, yeah, yeah I think he's going he's gonna to have some suffering to deal with. Um, oh, the other, the other uh, little bit that we got introduced to in this episode is Uther's mother. That's an interesting character. You know, she she apparently is imprisoned within the castle. Um, I couldn't really get the gist of why, but it sounds like she might have tried to poison her son and poisoned like his taste, his food taster instead. That's and that's, what it seems like. And that's why she's she's holed up in her. It's not a prison. She's like confined to her wing of the castle. And you, well, you liked her in a tower. Yeah, so and, that's a prison. Okay, so yeah, yeah, she did say tower, but it's like she's got this table of food, which I guess was the meal that was supposed to be served, but the the food is just sitting there rotting on the table, and I don't know what they used in those days, but she, I think she's been in there for years. Some of that food, aside from the maggots and the flies, some of that food looks like. Like it could have just come out the oven. Like there's no rot. There's no, I don't know. Something's weird about her. Like yeah, but it's like that you know. But the way it's set up, you know that something that she's gonna be 
instrumental in something in some kind of like upheaval because it's like the way she talks the way she the way she has the indignant air about her oh like, yeah you know you know she's getting ready to get into something or she's getting ready, she's getting ready to, to do something that's going to that's going to inter- interrupt the flow of things for Uther. She kind well, yeah, of... She, she's at odds with Merlin. That that yeah. seems to be the root of her issue is... She doesn't wants, have a problem with Merlin. <laughs> she wants Merlin out of the way. <laughs> so she so she could have been trying to kill Merlin and it just so happened to taste her ate the fig. Right. But he, we'll never know. The other thing is she kind of sort of reminds me of Cersei. From Game of Thrones, it's kind of like so. She she's the queen, queen mother, whatever. She's mother of the queen, and she kind of talks to Uther like she doesn't respect him, obviously. Um, and I don't know. She kind of has this air like she feels like she should be the one in charge instead of him. Like, oh, I'm probably the one that should be ruling, but instead, my idiot son is the ruler. That's yeah. that's kind of the the vibe I got off of her. You know. Yeah, wholeheartedly. I think she. I mean, I don't think a lot of people have a lot of respect for Uther. I think a, a lot. Of, I mean, Merlin's getting over on him because he doesn't have magic yet. He told him he had magic and that he could, that he could make it rain. And then, friggin', and then then he makes it rain and it rains blood and he looks stupid over. He looks stupid in front of everybody. So it's like, what? Right. What the hell? So, and I mean, and and the and the mother saw, um, she saw Merlin when he was out on his, you know, terrace, doing whatever he was doing, conjuring the rain. So far, as she knows, you know, Merlin has his magic. He did. He was the one that did this, and right. she thinks that he's he's got a plan. He's up to something, and she thinks, or I don't know if she actually thinks it, or if she was just telling her son to kind of turn him against. Merlin, but she's like, yeah, he's he's got something up his sleeve. You need to, you need to, uh, what is it? You need to take the take the steel to your man who was out there on the the terrace with him, and mm-hmm. you know, see what he can find out or see what he can tell. I'm like, oh, okay. She's about to put some things in motion. Sounds like, you know, yeah. definitely a whole heart for You know, she's gonna be trouble. Like, yeah. This is she, yeah, go ahead. But she should know that Merlin's not going to be that easy to get rid of. I mean, of we learned from his conversation with the widow that he's been around for a while. A long time. You know, he's, he's, he's seen people come and go, and, and he sounds like he's done. Yeah. Too. I mean, he's been, I mean, he created the sword of power. Yes. Yeah, thousand so, years. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, he's been around. He's seen some things, and I think he's just he's just trying to find maybe find some peace or you know maybe he's just trying to end this whole conflict I, I we don't know yet because we really don't yet know what Merlin is thinking like he presents himself as a drunk but if you notice when he spoke to the widow in the last episode you know she said something to him about you have no magic he said ah but i still have my wits and we do see that like merlin i think some of the time when he's acting drunk i think some of the time he's actually faking because 
I think is one of those things where he kind of wants people to underestimate him because one, that means that they're not going to be asking him to do a whole bunch of stuff. You know, if people don't know how powerful you are, they can't ask you to do favors. They can't ask you to make things happen. They can't bug you all the time. If they think you're worthless, then a lot of times they're not going to pay attention to you. And those are the people who can accomplish more. Those are the people who can do more because they're getting it all done right up under everybody's noses because people think, oh, he's not worth anything. And they're not paying attention. Those are the yeah, people who get things done the most. And it gives them the element of surprise. Like when people underestimate him, they're like, oh, he doesn't have any magic and all that stuff. So he's so he's probably not going to be able to, to defend himself or do anything. And, there, and of course, there are probably some... He probably doesn't even have magic in him to still perform certain feats of magic, so they so they naturally underestimate him, and and then that then that's where they get. It's just like in in the first episode when they thought he was just a drunk and not able to do anything, right? And they they tried to search him. He was quick with it. He was he was quick with the knife and almost almost took old boy's head off, right? And turned turn him into a mole rat, even right. though he could. Yeah. I mean, he he doesn't have the kind of magic that, you know, he can't make you levitate, but he can still pull a quarter behind from behind your ear without you knowing where it came from. You know what I'm right. saying? It's kind of like that. So, right. exactly. you know, and then now, you know, we're we're introduced to I guess this is one of the Shadow Lords. Uh, Ruger, I think is his name. Rugen. And yeah. um, I don't know. I, <laughs> My first impression, this is probably where Merlin's going to need his magic. <laughs> I would not want to go into that place and deal with those people and not have a definite way to protect myself. Right. So, Especially like they're, walk, they're walking out like zombies, then they pull him into the ground and it's like, uh, right. yeah, that's but, not feasible. But I have a feeling he's probably going to, you know, he, he made may mention of something about the Fae Fires um, in the last episode. And, you know, the, the widow was telling him. Lord Regan is the only one that has. Right, right. So, you so know, I guess he's going to have to use that charm and wit. But yeah. that seems like a hard sell. So, I don't know. I guess we'll find out more about Lord Rugen and what his history is in the next episode and hopefully yeah. we get to see a little bit more about Merlin because I mean yes it's Nimoy's story yes Arthur is like a second like main character but I do want to learn more about Merlin like how yeah, we even have flashbacks for everyone but Merlin yeah we haven't had a lot well, for him Merlin and um, the weeping uh, the well, gray monk yeah right yeah. yeah we haven't had any backstory on them yet yeah so Merlin talks about his. He does, but still, he even even with him talking about his, he still hasn't revealed a lot. Like I'm still curious as far as like what his connection is to Lenore. You -hmm. know, for him to to go specifically to that town or to that village. You know, not of of course I know he's probably looking for the sword. So if that was his sword, if he created it. And it was his. How did she come by, by it? Why was it right. hidden there? You know, what was his connection to her? How how does Nimue tie into all of this? You know, although, I mean, I, I kind of have my guesses. Because, like I said, 
in that episode when he found Lenore's body, he was very tender with her, you know, when placing her on the altar, when just basically just, so there's a history there, you know, and I, I, I have a feeling Nimue is probably the result of that history, you know, but hopefully we'll get, we'll get that story. Um, but I, I do want to know more about this particular Merlin, you know, aside from the fact that you have a very large sword, you know, cavity in your body, uh, aside from the fact that you are having, you know, you are a magician with no magic, but you are still having visions and you're still able to see omens. And, you know, I, I just want to know what his connection to all of this is in this telling of this story. So, I mean, and again, we are only three episodes in. So I, I think this, this season is a, it's one of those 10 episode seasons. So we've still got plenty of time to explore that backstory. I just hope we get to it sooner rather than later. Rather than later. Yeah. Right. So I think we covered everything. So you, you guys Very have any final that. thoughts? Um, um, the show, the show is improving for me. Um, okay. There were there were little slips in this episode, but nothing that nothing that can't be overcome, you know, in future episodes. Yeah. Um, I still have a lot of questions, which is a good thing, and I'm going to stop trying to uh, apply what I know about Thorian tales to this and just accept that it's going to be something different mm -hmm. because you know like knowing what happens with Morgana and Arthur I have to put that out of my head okay and just just trust that the writers know what they're doing right and the way this hopefully the way this series goes we're not going to get to that part that point in the series right you know maybe, maybe this series is going to end with what Nimue's fate really is and then that'll be it but i know that's way down the line hopefully you know the show comes back for a season two three or four so you know we'll see yeah i i don't know if um i haven't seen whether or not this show has actually been uh renewed for um a season two yet i don't think it has so and this one th this season just came out in july so you know it it could be renewed still, I think, at this point, but I don't think there's been any news um, about that so far. And matter of fact, I'm looking <laughs> on Google right now, and it doesn't um, doesn't say anything about a, a season two release date yet or renewal, so we don't know. Yeah, I mean, everybody's trying to move around around COVID and everything, so you never you don't know. I mean, it could be sometime much later. They might start filming like next spring, right? So this reminds me of. Like the way there's so many authorian authorian tales, there's so many retellings of Sherlock Holmes too. So it's like you kind of, you know Sherlock and Watson are gonna be there. You know they're gonna face Moriarty at some point, mm -hmm. and it's all given. And, and you kind of just have to go along with it because they'll introduce like some other characters. It's like, or it's kind of like, yeah, it's it's just like that. that. You know, you know they're gonna come. You just you're just waiting to see how everything's gonna be introduced like down the line right and that's kind of that's kind of like the good and bad thing about it it's like it's cool that they that they're telling good stories over again but i just kind of it's just like enola holmes is is a 
sidebar retelling of Sherlock Holmes. I loved yeah. that movie. It was amazing. I it. it was amazing. It, it, like she, like she reminds, she reminded me kind of of a, of a, of um, Ferris Bueller because you know she's talking to talking to the camera and then she's doing all kinds of odd odd stuff like when she's when she's doing when she's act, when she's actually in the real world. But yeah, I thought it was really good. That's kind of. This is kind of what that's like because it takes is kind of taking a set of a, a, a tangential view of the Arthurian tale, like it's not really focusing on Arthur and his and his way. It's really focusing more on a, a character on the side mm-hmm. and what they're going through. So it's kind of it, it, there are kind of parallels to that. Right. The only thing I have to say is. Sister Iris is gonna be a problem. <laughs> She's gonna be a problem. Like I can already tell. I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna like this girl. They need to do something about her quick. Um, she's like a hall, she's like a hall monitor. She's she's like that she's like that one girl. She's like one girl in the class when when everybody's cutting up when the teacher leaves. When you sit down and the, te- and the teacher comes back, she's like, they were standing up. They were standing the up. The safety up. patrol from hell. <laughs> so like 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 the one that like takes names and is like right now like teacher they were talking like mm-hmm. because she thinks that's going to get her somewhere but this is still the middle ages and she's still a woman a young woman at that what like i mean right. what what is she really expecting to happen like she's about she's like oh wow way to go way to tattletale you're a knight now go ahead here's a sword go fight evil that's what's not i mean she that's she, not she, what's going to happen Right, she's gonna she's gonna have to do way more than that to get to even get them to look at to stop looking at her sideways. Like, what, what do you want? You got water for me or something? You got bread or something? What do you want? What? What? Right. Because like you know, because because I mean, sexism is sexism. Sexism was even worse back then. So it's like you really have to. It's like she she would almost literally have to bring them Nimue's head for them to be like, oh, wow, okay. Right. Because they're like, they're like, what are you? You're a, you're a young nun. You're a young nun. You're not even five feet tall. Get out of here. Shoot. And <laughs> and the other thing too is she doesn't particularly seem bothered by, or she doesn't seem concerned with her role or how they're gonna view her in the Abbey because now literally everybody that you live with knows your ass is a snitch. Right. Right. Hundred percent. I think they. I think they knew that before. I think she she's been a kiss up for a while because I think she I think she I think she told everybody who was willing to listen that she can see that she can see the demons in people. That seems like something she'd really probably like, hey guess what I can do? I can I can look in your eyes and tell if you're a demon. But and I mean like, I, I'm 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 positive she tells every anyone who would listen she tells. I'm hundred percent sure of that. But again, here's my thing. So you can see demons. That's not something normal humans can do. So why why is that considered a gift from God but not magical? You know what I'm saying? If that's if that's what she's saying, like God uses her to to you know find demons and stuff. Like okay, magical people can do that too. Hmm. You know? Yeah, exactly. I wish they'd be. Oh, you're a fake. Cut her head off. Okay, roll credits. But no. <sighs> but yeah, she she's gonna make this story a little bit interesting, I think. Oh, man. So. Stay in that winch. Mm. Okay. Well, I guess until the next episode, that's it for us. 
You can find us online at the Fandom Hybrid website at www.fandomhybrid.com. We are on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Fandom Hybrid. You can also find us on most of the podcast streaming platforms now, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you join the conversation next time.